Welcome to MLB Extras, the Los Angeles Angels edition. I am Allison Footer, and I'm here with Maria Gardano, who will be discussing the Angels on this podcast for the last time because she is on her way home to San Francisco to cover the Giants. Uh, Maria, congratulations. Before we get into um, you know some of your reflections on covering the Angels, we want to preview the winter meetings, which are coming up momentarily in just a few days. Um and so with the, uh, you know, the Angels have made some moves and have been a little bit um, proactive, but what, what do you think that their goals are during the winter meetings and what do you think they might be able to get done? Yeah, I mean, I think that the the main priority for the Angels kind of remains adding pitching. You know, they're probably going to be in the market for both, both starters and relievers. Um, and I think that you're kind of seeing the the market for starters uh, in free agency kind of heat up. You know, you saw Patrick Corbin uh, reach his deal with the Nats. Uh, Nathan Navaldi is now on his way to the Red Sox. So that's two potential targets for the Angels that are already off the board. So I think that, you know, those talks could kind of intensify. Uh, you could probably see the Angels connected to to more guys, you know, some, someone like Jay Happ maybe or Dallas Keuchel. So I think that their goal is probably just kind of zone in on, on the guys that they want and, you know, potentially kind of reach deals with them. I think, you know, they've made it really clear that they're going to prioritize pitching. So I definitely expect them to make, you know, some impactful moves, uh, you know, soon. Yeah, it's, it seems like, you know, I'm always trying to figure out exactly where the Angels fit into this whole equation. And, and as far as being, you know, legitimately competitive for 2019, of course, all teams sort of have their eyes on the bigger picture, which is uh, moving ahead. And of course, health is going to really dictate how the Angels season is going to go. Um, do you, uh, you know, where do you feel, where do you think that they are just from a kind of a mental standpoint as far as the, the overall kind of uh, health of the team and where they think they're going to be coming up? Yeah, I think they're kind of in a tough spot. I mean, I think that obviously, you know, despite the, you know, the number of free agents uh, that the Astros have, have lost this offseason, I feel like they're still going to enter the next season as the favorites in the AL West. Um, and then I think that the A's are not going to be going away. They also have this, you know, pretty impressive group of young talent. Um, you know, I think it's tough for the Angels to do something like the Mariners are doing where they're kind of in Jerry DePoto's words, reimagining their roster just because they're, you know, the fact that Mike Trout's going to be a free agent in, in two years. So they're kind of going to be in win now mode, uh, you know, until, you know, unless they're able to kind of reach an agreement to extend trout. So, but, you know, I think that they still have a lot of holes um, specifically in the, in terms of their pitching staff, you know, they could also use an upgrade at catcher and their budget isn't, you know, isn't that flush right now. They probably have about $30 million to spend. And if you're going to go after one of the top, you know, free agent starters, that's, that's going to be expensive. So I think that they're going to really have to be creative and, you know, I, I think it's going to be really tough, actually, for them to end up contending in the American League next year, considering the amount of super teams there are right now. Um, so, I, yeah, I don't, I, mean, I, don't, I don't envy Billy Epler and, and the position that he is in right now, but I think that he's going to find a way to kind of make it work and try to put the Angels in a position to contend, even though it's going to be difficult. Yeah, they are in a, in a tough spot where they want um, they want to maximize their time with Mike Trout and put him in the a position where he's playing in October. Of course, they want Otani and Trout to be playing together, which is going is on hold for a bit. You had a, a, an inbox recently posted where a question from a fan uh, was, would the, would the Angels maybe pursue Bryce Harper? And you brought up a good point. If they're going to spend $300 million on an outfielder, it would probably be an extension for Mike Trout. Um, and I guess they haven't really 
moved forward in kind of putting out the feelers to even how possible that would be. Um, but that would send a terrible message to Mike Trout if they were to sign Bryce Harper, correct? Yeah, I mean, I, I completely agree. I think, you know, if the, I, I think it would be completely untenable for them to have to lock up both Harper and Trout, um, just considering how expensive it would be and, and you know, their, you know, their payroll constraints. But I, I mean, I don't understand why the Angels would rather have Harper than Trout unless they knew that Mike Trout wasn't going to resign. You know, like, you know, Trout has obviously been the consistently better player over the last seven years. So to me, it would be, you know, no brainer that I would pick Trout over Harper personally. But I mean, I'm sure and I'm sure the Angels feel the same way. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing that, um, you know, I've, I've always felt like when it comes to free agency and, and this is not taking anything away from Bryce Harper's ability and what he has done. Um, but he also did not have such a great year in 2018. And, um, and and so when it comes to Mike Trout, I mean, you you don't take him for granted, but at the same time, he has not really had any kind, besides, a, a, you know, an injury uh, here and there that's taken him, that's put him on the disabled list. But in terms of performance, I mean, you just don't see the guy slumping. You don't see him sort of going through the ebb and flow that even some of the best hitters in baseball uh, have to deal with. And I, I would think, I would think that as long as Mike Trout is interested in remaining an angel, which I guess that's the big question, right? Is this, if he wants to stay with the angels beyond his contract, then, then you just, they're going to have to prepare to pay him a lot of money <laughs> that hopefully will not hamper the rest of the payroll, but it's, it would seem like everybody would be on the same page on this, right? Yeah. You know, I, I personally think that they'll end up coming to some sort of, agree- of agreement. Um, I think that Mike Trout will stay with the angels, although I think that we'll have a better idea of that, you know, when spring training comes around. Uh, I think if, if they end up not signing any sort of deal, then, you know, it's, I think the Mike Trout trade rumors are going to, you know, intensify and, you know, that actually might end up being something that the Angels will seriously have to consider. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think if the Angels are kind of willing to, to give him a boatload of money, I think that Trout will end up staying. <laughs> right. Yes, it always comes down to boatloads of money. And I don't think Mike Trout has to worry about where, uh, where he stands in that whole equation. Um, so, so yeah, we've had a lot of changes at MLB.com. I think a lot of really positive changes in that reporters are a little bit on the move, but they're also being placed um, in cities where they have family roots and uh, places that they uh, are trying to get back to. Rhett Bollinger, a, a tremendous reporter for us, is going to be covering the Angels, and you are going to be um, covering the Giants. So how are you feeling about all this? I guess you're excited to go home. You have a whole new organization and team to learn, and I guess this is the time to do it, right, when you're able to study up and, and get ready for the next season? Yeah, I, I am really looking forward to it. I'm just kind of hoping that, like, Madison Bumgarner isn't traded on my first day on the beat because that would be <laughs> tough. Um but it could happen, I guess. Uh, you never know. Farhan Zaidi is now the new GM in San Francisco. So I'm sure that things are going to be, it's going to be an interesting time, I guess, to be covering the Giants. Um, it's, yeah, it's a little weird for me because while I did grow up in the Bay Area, I grew up an A's fan. So I feel like my 12-year-old self would probably feel a little betrayed. But um, yeah, I'm excited. I think it's going to be cool to cover a new organization. Um, and yeah, I think that it's, it's going to be cool. Yeah, I think it's actually better uh, for a beat writer that doesn't have for them to not have um, really an attachment to that team. It makes it actually makes things um, very much easier to cover during like stressful times, during uh, you know sort of the rockier times. 
Um, so I would imagine that it's easy to like maybe keep an eye on the A's and be able to just thoroughly throw yourself into the Giants' beat without having to you know worry about some of those outside factors that can um, you know sometimes come into play when you're just trying to objectively watch games and cover them and and just you know it's more of a job than it is anything that would have to do with fandom yeah and i i think that another perk uh, in addition to objectivity is i probably won't have as many family members kind of asking me if i can get free tickets and stuff because you know like i said they're mostly ace fans so i'm glad i won't have that burden as well yes it's always good to just be able to throw the blanket over and say i don't have access to tickets and i don't even get free food at the ballpark so just stop asking uh (laughs) yes um, and so when you look back at your time covering the angels, um, what are some of your better memories? What are, you know, some of the things stand out is like when you look down 10 years down the road, I mean, you're going to tell people like, this was really cool to be there to cover this particular thing. Yeah. I mean, I think it's going to be really cool to say that I got to watch Mike Trout play for, you know, for two years, pretty much every day, because I mean, I feel like he's, you know, everyone knows how good he is, how good he is, but I feel like you really have to watch him every day to really appreciate his talent. Um, just, you know, just watching him hustle on every ground ball and, you know, in addition to hitting all his monster home runs and being very fast in center field and all that, he, he really is an incredible talent. He's a very nice guy too. Um, so that's, it's, I'm going to miss seeing him play. Um, I'm also going to miss seeing Angelton Simmons play every day. Uh, he, he's, he's also similar in that I feel like you really have to watch him and just grow used to him making all these incredible plays looking very easy. Um, so I'm going to miss that. Um, but yeah, I think, uh, I think the thing that's probably going to stand out most from my time covering the angels is just this whole Tawny mania and watching him make that transition to the majors this past year was pretty incredible. Um, especially the first two months where he actually was a legitimate two-way star, um, you know, being able to see him kind of take the mound and be this ace-like pitcher. And then, you know, a couple days later be in the lineup and, you know, times batting third, it was kind of hard to wrap my head around. I, you know, I still, I don't know if I still have, uh, wrap my head around that fact, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I, I'm kind of. Uh, it, it's kind of a bummer for, for baseball fans that Otani won't be able to to pitch next year because of the Tommy John surgery. But I think everyone's looking forward to 2020 and hopefully seeing him kind of resume his two-way endeavor. Um, but yeah, I'm glad I was able to kind of witness his first season. You know, it was really remarkable to watch. Yeah, I was, um, I covered the Angels a couple times when they came through Houston. And um, so I, I sort of had a front row view of the, you know, the Otani mania that, uh, that follows him. Uh, first of all, there's at least a dozen uh, reporters from, from Japan that cover his every move, his every at-bat, his every start, which I think is just a fascinating process to, to watch that all unfold. But I've also been um, in some of his uh, meetings with the media when they have an interpreter and he's meeting with the English-speaking media. He's a funny guy. Um, he, he seems to have everything that you would want in a star player. He's very engaging, um, and his answers were, uh, it just showed to me like a tremendous sense of humor. Um, can you just kind of give some insight into some of the things that you gleaned from him just as, just from his personality standpoint, just the kind of guy he is? I, I just think that he's such a likable person. Yeah. I mean, I think I, I think the first glimpses of his personality kind of came out, uh, during his introductory press conference in Anaheim last year, um, uh, so I remember the day that he was introduced also happened to be like Mike Trout's wedding. So I remember him kind of giving a shout out to to Mike Trout and wishing him well in his marriage. And uh, 
Um, you know, I think that that was kind of a, you know, you, I, everyone had obviously heard about him, you know, while, while he was kind of after he was posted and, you know, all the teams were kind of trying to sign him. But I feel like no one really knew what he was like as a person. So I feel like in that press conference, you kind of saw, you know, what he was going to be like as a person for the first time. So that was kind of funny and it was pretty cool. Um, yeah, I mean, during the actual season, I feel like the Angels kind of kept him off limits for the media. Like, you know, so for most of the time, aside from his, you know, post-game availability. So it was kind of hard to get him to know him on kind of a personal level. But yeah, I mean, I think just seeing him, the way that his teammates interacted with him and, you know, he was always playing kind of video games with, with a lot of players and with his interpreter, Ipe. Um, so I think, yeah, I think you could kind of tell that he's kind of a, a very, um, you know, funny guy who was also very humble and very smart. Uh, he was always uh, prepared very diligently, whether it was for, for a, a start on the mound or for, you know, if he was going to be in the lineup. Uh, you know, everyone always kind of marveled at his ability to make adjustments on the fly. Um, and he kind of had this really thick binder with scouting reports for hitters or pitchers that he would always kind of scour before games. So, yeah, I mean, kind of getting a little bit of a preview into his personal process for preparing for games was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, and I think he's definitely going to be a star in the majors um, for the near future. So I, I kind of, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing him continue to develop as a hitter and then hopefully as a pitcher in 2020. So yeah, I mean, it, just a, he's an incredible talent. Absolutely. Well, so are you, Maria. And so we wish you the best of luck um, in your new gig. And I will, of course, be reading everything that you write. And everybody, thank you for listening to MLB Extras, the Los Angeles Angels edition. And we will talk to you after the winter meetings.